Hi, my name is Tuha, and I am the host of We Make It Work. In this podcast series, I share stories of fellow freelancers who work flexibly and make it work, in hope that we help empower others to get started or keep going in their journey of flexible working. And this week, we have Resh. Hi, Resh. Hiya. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Tuha. Very good. Um, Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? What do you do? Sure. Uh, So, I run the creation station franchise in Eastbourne. I've been running it since September 2018. So I've been going about six months now. And the creation station is, it's an award-winning franchise. And we basically take people of all ages, babies, toddlers, adults, elders, through uh, a journey of exploration and discovery through creativity. Um, so we provide creative experiences for people in all areas of learning and life. And I absolutely love it so far. <laughs> and that's really cool because a lot of the like baby and toddler things that we have in our area, it's very much up to preschool age. Mm. So it's good to hear like there's lots of different ranges of ages. So how does that allow you to work flexibly then running that franchise? So I was commuting up to London uh, doing my nine to five job as an auditor and this franchise has allowed me to basically set my own working schedule. I run the classes when I want to run them. I've organised it around my daughter's nursery I can be there to pick her up and drop her off in the morning and the afternoon and then we get to spend the rest of the time together it has been just wonderful where before when I was working my nine-to-five job I was leaving the house at seven in the morning and then getting back at seven at night And sometimes my daughter was asleep when I left in the morning and asleep when I got back. And I just felt really guilty about that. Hmm. I felt guilty about not seeing her. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I I felt guilty about my work colleagues as well because I had to be so rigid about leaving on the dot of five to be home that I was leaving them when they were working. And it was just, I just felt guilty about that as well. Yeah. You don't... (laughs) Do you have less guilt now? I, I wouldn't say you don't have any guilt because I don't think any mother is. <laughs> I don't think it's impossible for any mother. No, no. I, but the, yeah, I, I, at the moment it's it's just my own feeling of I've got so much to do for <laughs> 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 so long and uh, getting the time to do that. Um, but we shall come on to that, I think. <laughs> yes. So I, so that's amazing. Like. Because I didn't realise that you went back to work. Yeah. Because normally when things like this happen, there's normally a pivot point or a crisis point. Yeah. So I don't know which category you would fall into. But I I, I didn't realise you actually went back to your yeah. full-time job after you had your yeah. daughter. Yeah, I had. So I found out about franchising, really, from going to the baby and toddler groups. So uh, my daughter and I did Sing and Sign, which was fabulous. Oh, I loved Sing and Sign. It was amazing. And uh, our local uh, franchisee, she runs the classes 
every day, every morning, and um, she's really successful and seems to be having an absolutely wonderful time and was there for her children. And we also do water babies. And I had started chatting with the lady who runs water babies and she was telling me about how she had given up commuting and it was absolutely the best decision she'd made to take on the franchise and that had planted the seed for me and I was looking for activities to do with my daughter and I was looking for arts and crafts activities and then I found that the creation station was no longer running in Eastbourne and I was I was like what's going on and then I had a look at the website and saw that the franchise was available and that was the point when I thought oh oh I could do this yeah I just need to get the courage up to do this and so by the time that all happened when I was on maternity leave so I did eventually go back to work but I was thinking I'm going to give up and I'm going to from my own franchise Mm. and I did (laughs) it was scary but I did it and did you did you go back to work just because the timing wasn't quite right or were there things that you wanted to put in place to mitigate the risk as it were from yeah yeah so uh, I wanted to save up some money uh, because obviously being on maternity leave I wasn't earning while I was on maternity and uh, the franchise is a big outlay of money and I didn't want to rely solely on getting a bank loan to start the business so I wanted to make sure I had a safety layer <laughs> before, yeah, before I gave right. up um, but I only lasted um, only lasted nine months before I was like this is it <laughs> we're gonna have to stop now nine months is good innings yeah. so that's especially that 12 hour you know leaving the house at seven not getting mm. in at seven that's very hard going and f- five days a week but no I was only doing four days one day at home and commuting three days and yeah. then I had- oh so you're still working that fifth day yeah, yeah it's hard. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so then so what fascinates me is because I we knew each other through our husband's group of friends. Mm. Now, I rarely saw you. I mean, whenever we did see you, we always had fun. Mm. Um, and that's why you, know, you always have been in our hearts. Mm. Um, and then uh, the reason why we hardly ever saw you, because I, I've always known you as the most hardworking person in the world. And you were taking exams every yeah. second every few months because you are you're taking your um the accountancy I always the which ones the accountancy ones they were so hard (laughs) yeah they took forever you were doing them all the time (laughs) Um, but like but you but you studied for years and then and then moved over so what explain to everybody what you did before because you did it for a long time and how long did you do it for? I was so I when I graduated I have a master's in civil engineering I decided that engineering really wasn't for me it wasn't glamorous enough it wasn't in London enough (laughs) so I found myself 
a graduate training scheme uh, with the National Audit Office, who are wonderful, I should add, and uh, did my accountancy training with them and stayed with them. Uh, it was actually just under 15 years. And the accountancy exams are the hardest exams that I've ever done. I worked so hard those first three years to get the exams done. And part of that time, it did require giving up my life for those three years in order to study and get the exams done. And it was an amazing achievement. And I loved my job. I really loved my job. And I loved the people I worked with. And I loved the work that the NEO did. But it was hard going. Mm. It was... Uh, it wasn't a lot of excess hours there was a lot of travel to begin with and then as I was promoted I didn't have to travel as much and I had much more control over the work that I could set myself and delegate but it was still it was still very challenging and there was always a drive to do more and more and better and better which is which is good but it was a bit exhausting, especially when you're doing it for someone else and not for yourself. And that was the thing at the back of my mind was that I could put all of this effort and energy into my own business. And I, I've always wanted to run my own business. I think that's always been at the back of my mind that I would much rather do it for myself rather than for someone else. Yeah, I can understand yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. So then, so you you said you've just said, oh, it wasn't London glamorous enough. But now you're in Eastbourne. <laughs> well, we always had a plan. I think it was my plan rather than Ed's plan. <laughs> work in London, and then we were retired to the coast. And I was going to Brighton, but then we ended up moving to Eastbourne. Where there were oh. lots of retirees. <laughs> so we sort of retired in our thirties. <laughs> oh, we, oh, we ended up in Eastbourne because it was um it was really good, it really lovely town and the housing here is so much more affordable than London. So that was basically it. We knew we wanted a family, so we thought, you know, we better get somewhere. Where we can oh brilliant <laughs> so you've only really started creation station for the um last six yeah. months so it's probably you've probably still got some quite a few more innings as it were in it but have you had any more thoughts as to what's next so because we are in Eastbourne the opportunities with the creation station is to take the creative activities to the elderly and there are lots of ladies in my uh, franchise network who are offering we call it care and creativity uh, creative activities for the elderly who might be in nursing homes who are either on non-residential uh, groups to meet up and socialize and make something and that is probably going to be really popular in Eastbourne uh, because there are so many retirees and lots of adults I have this with the mums who come and the dads who come to the baby and toddler classes they 
love the arts and crafts activities because lots of them haven't done it since they were at school and they just love that ability to get stuck in and um make something themselves as well as their children are making things and it's that creativity is for all ages and lots of people like to get back into it you have uh people who used to paint used to draw when they were children and loved it and haven't done it since and then you have the people who were told at school that they were rubbish at art and then they they find that actually it's it's actually quite easy to let your imagination flow and produce something that you're really proud of even and it wasn't difficult and you haven't let anyone yeah. tell you that's rubbish <laughs> yeah so oh that's lovely I'm, I'm really looking to get that that's going to be my next area to move into oh brilliant so it's like really embedding into the wider community yeah. not just focusing on one age yeah. group as it were and I think it's so important like because um you would understand this like from being in a more like in a senior role basically mm. um you, you have to look for like mindfulness type activities mm. to give yourself a break as it were and um and it's uh, slow down the pace as well slow down the pace even so yeah oh no this is a really good idea and it's good um I mean I don't know if there's any opportunities where there's lots of people where they're trying to mix younger nursery children with the older people in in the home case yes yes I do know there are people who run intergenerational workshops and that has been a, a few franchisees in the creation station have done that as well and i've seen it elsewhere where it is really inspiring for the the people in the nursing homes to interact with babies and toddlers because maybe they don't see their grandchildren as often as they would like maybe their grandchildren are already adults and haven't had children themselves but it's it's really heartwarming to see the toddlers and and the like her home residents interacting with each other it it really brings it brings tears to the eyes oh brilliant but it sounds like you've really found something that's like it it just hits lots of different marks so it's not necessarily about the money but it's about um being part of the community as it were and um helping others find connections with their own family or or even bonding with their own child because that can be quite daunting it really that's really the motivating factor is is about that community experience and seeing the joy that people get from doing the activities i would uh, i'm not making a profit at the moment I, i can see I've got my path forward for that, but it's it's definitely lower down the list in terms of what gets me up in the morning. Okay. Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah, I suppose that's the important thing that you have a plan of how you are going to grow yeah. and get to that profit point. And I'm sure, like lots, a few people I've spoken to who are either freelancing or doing the kind type of work that you're doing 
I think it probably takes a year or two. Hopefully it won't take you that that long, but yeah. I guess that's the reality. Yeah. So in terms, it might be too soon to say, but have you had any real challenges in the last six months? Like anything um, you weren't quite expecting um, about going into the franchising business? I think when I was doing the numbers and I was looking at how I could run classes, the days I could run classes, the uh, number of people I could get in, I was like, oh, that'd be easy because I'd been seeing uh, how many people would turn up to my sing and sign classes and how many people were at Water Babies. And I thought, oh, it'd be fine. When in actual fact, the marketing, the social media side and getting your name and brand out there is really tricky because yeah. I've uh, I've been running for six months now and I have quite a few regulars, but I still am nowhere near full capacity on my classes. So where I was thinking I could get full classes straight away, that was yeah. that was, and I hadn't really really seen or expected it to take as long as it will do to get that brand recognition and get people in. Um, so the, uh, everyone's been t- saying that you start your marketing and it actually takes these days people to recognize your, your brand after 14 times of seeing it, which yeah. is so much higher than I thought it would be. And they have to see it in different contexts as well. That is probably yeah. something. And I'm not very good at social media. I'm a lurker. I'm not an active poster. I That's more hobbies, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> He's a prolific poster. Oh, I really have to get over that. That internal fear of putting myself out there. You have to. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you're the only person I think it's a lot of people who have to get over it and I think one of the things I've learned recently is that you are going to have the haters Mm. but then you're going to have people who love it like I love the stuff that you and Ed post (laughs) um like I didn't know that you guys was there like um a Japanese restaurant or something in Eastbourne or something the food looks gorgeous So I'm gonna have to come down. Like I, I do want to see you guys, but I do want to honestly. <laughs> but like, but um, I think you have to kind of block that out. Mm. It, like just accept that that does happen. Mm. Just block it out, but then remember the people who do appreciate yeah. it. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know what else to say to help you get out of your shell, as it were. But I think it takes practice. I think you just have to keep doing it. But it must be quite hard to get marketing material because if you're working with younger people Mm. mainly, you've got that whole GDPR and getting permission and things like that. So it adds another layer. We have to be very careful about making sure we've got photo permissions signed in order to get the, the really lovely shots of the children. And posting that and it's everyone is so much more aware these days about how social media is dangerous and our children 
are growing up in a world which is going to be so different from it was when we grew up. We don't really know what the ramifications are their whole lives being online. No. So it's something uh, that we're aware of, I'm aware of. Yeah. And, yeah, but... Yeah, there's that whole thing about... Because when they're older, because we're just posting yeah. things, um, and then when they're older, they're going to be like, well, you didn't really have my yeah. permission to post yeah. that. But then they're, they're at an age where you can really ask their permission. So you'd, in some ways, we all have to think twice and think, okay, well, is this something they would be bothered about later? Yeah. Or is the quantity amount yeah. later? I try to keep as much as possible private, but... yeah. You you never know you never know what they're going to be thinking in in years to come. Things are things are changing so much, like you said. So marketing is a real challenge. Marketing's challenge, yeah, for a lot of businesses as well. But for you, because you've had that initial outlay as well for the franchise, and then you're you're spending all the time setting it up. Because I think what people don't appreciate is with things like that, you've there's a lot of prep work, isn't there? There is. So every class, I, I do the prep once a week. So for the classes during the week, I'm already set up, and I have to go through our session plans I have to see what the activities are I do a trial run of the activities uh, sometimes with my daughter to make sure that she understands what I'm asking and that I have an example to take with me I I, I love doing this and that normally takes me uh, half a morning to do make sure I've got everything stocked up everything's in the car everything's organized and then so the time I've got for doing marketing is really around the edges of everything else uh, mm. I do it late at night I'm on my phone I do my Aww, posts yeah. I do my Instagram posts I um and that's one of the things that I actually dislike about the current social media marketing field is that everything is very Facebook orientated mm-hmm. and at some point and it probably is going to happen sooner rather than later Facebook is going to crumble I think it's kind of on that it's the Roman Empire at the moment it's everywhere Mm. and it's got it's negatives I don't know what's going to happen next I'm really really unfamiliar with Twitter I've never really used it I've never really seen its potential so I'm 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 very much I'm I'm <laughs> worried about becoming a middle-aged person who doesn't understand technology. <laughs> no, I don't think you're the only person. It's like Twitter's more like snippets and I rarely yeah. use it because it's, sometimes it's just like um new stuff I I tend to find I get my news more from Twitter, but then it gets too much. There's so much going on. There's so much. Yeah, there's all sorts and it's not just in this country it's all over the world and in some ways it's nice 
that's the thing. I think moving forward, social media and the approach that how children would have to take is you'd have to compartmentalize things. So I've started out that now to be more productive. So I say, right, I'm not looking at my phone between these hours. I've got to get this done. And, um, and then this, there'll be like a chunk of 20 minutes where I'm allowed <laughs> to like go through all the Instagram app, um, social media yeah. apps even. So I don't know there, there's that a new discipline as it yes. were that people would have to adopt yeah. and change. Um, it's kind of like I, I'm trying to remember back in the day when we had TVs, what discipline we had. TV. We'd come home from school. I don't I know. Do you remember? I used to do make sure I'd done all my homework in time for six o'clock so I could watch The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think that's that's the same adoption that people yeah. have to take in their approaches with social media so that they're not taking in so yeah. much information um, yeah. all the time. Um, but I think we digressed. <laughs> we are talking about how to use those channels. Oh, but when we're, yeah, when we're not chatting, we'll have a proper chat about um, the use of the channels. But I think, I think you're doing a good job because I am seeing content um, coming oh. through. Uh, I guess it's just that reach, yeah. isn't it, that you'd have to know. But yeah. Yeah, you can't be too hard on yourself because it's only been six months in. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Cool. So um, it's been great hearing um, about Creation Station. Oh, where is it based, so by the way? So we have um, franchises across the whole of the country. Um, I am based in Eastbourne, so I own the postcodes around Eastbourne. And um, so, but I run my sessions. I've only got two venues in which I run my sessions. Only, only two venues. venues. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Because then you'd have to decorate both venues yeah. and set them up separately. Yeah, That's I've got work. that down to a fine art, so I can now set up and clear oh, down nice. my room. Um, both takes me half an hour to do that. It took me about an hour the first time I did it. And now I'm I'm like yeah. I'm in I'm out. <laughs> Most of there I'm out of there as quickly as it can be. Yeah. And um, and that was down to just figuring out what I need to take, what I need to do to set up, having a process for the setup, being very I do this first. I set I put the table tables out, I set the tablecloths up, I take down my tarpaulin, I then stack my boxes, mm-hmm. then I'm done. And yep. having it all set up so that I can do it in that order has mean I've made that process quick. And I, hopefully I'll yep. get quicker as I go on. Taping down the tarpaulin is the bit that takes the longest. Oh, no. <laughs> I imagine you've, like, cre- you'll, you create a really lovely setting because I remember your daughter's oh, first birthday. It was amazing with the... Um, is it for elves oh, or yeah. fairies? Like, I like the little fairy garden. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> yes. So I can imagine the setting's really good. So, and then, so you can use this podcast as a way to promote oh, yeah. your sessions. So, how can people find out a bit more about yourself, uh, about the creation station in Eastbourne? Uh, what sessions do you run? Where are they? Which so, are they at? I run. My Baby Discover and Little Explorer classes are on Tuesday mornings 
at the Shine Water Sports and Community Centre. Then on Thursday afternoons, we also have Baby Discover and Little Explorers at Tesco's Extra Lotbridge Drove in the community space room. And if you want to book one of those classes, you can book online at www.creationstation.co.uk slash Reshma and just select the class that you want and you can book through the website. Oh, brilliant. So everybody go out and support Reshma, whether it is to trial a class or um, or spread the word, share it with people who might be interested. Uh, but let's help Reshma get the word out. <laughs> brilliant all right then well thank you so much for for your time (laughs) i will speak soon Uh, good luck with everything and maybe in a year's time we can do another chat to see how that would be excellent (laughs) and that was resh who quits her 13 year career in london as an auditor in order to take on the creation station franchise in eastbourne in order to spend more time with her daughter it was great hearing about her pivot and the challenges that she faced and hearing about her hopes and dreams for the near future which i'm sure would resonate with other people in the show notes i'll put in links of how you can find resh and creation station in eastbourne meanwhile if you enjoyed this episode please do leave a review I welcome any feedback. You can either email them to me at podcast at digitalseamstress.co.uk or you can find me on the Instagram handle at wemakeitwork underscore. I've been Tuha and I'm a digital marketing consultant. I help marketing directors with interim digital marketing, whether that's within strategy or performance or growth marketing.